welcome to Heart of the Psalmist, cultivating the heart of creatives. Now, your host, Sharvis Witted. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Heart of the Psalmist, the show where we're asking God to create in us clean hearts so that we can create for Him. I'm your host, Sharvis Witted. And as always, thank you for stopping by and joining the conversation. Let me begin by saying Happy New Year. Wow, it's 2021, if you didn't know, a new year. And considering how difficult 2020 was with the COVID pandemic and how that just interrupted our lives, we saw people uh, die, we saw people struggle financially. But, you know, if you're still here, if you're listening to me in January of 2021, that's the reason to say thank you, Lord, because you made it. So God, we give you praise for that. And I want to start the year off strong. And by now, if you've been listening to this show, you know that the pulse of what we do here is ministering to and discipling the inner part of the creative. There's nothing wrong with being savvy with technology. There's nothing wrong with being proficient at your creative craft. In fact, I think that if God has given you a creative ability, you should sharpen it so that you can use it for his glory to the best of your ability. So march on with that. Be sharp with your craft. Know the technology. Practice until the midnight hour. But please understand this, however. It's a point that sometimes we miss. Anything we do for God starts on the inside, the inner man. It's what the Bible often calls the heart. That's why this show exists. It's why you have Heart of the Psalmist on a podcast platform. We want to disciple the creative on the inside. And today I want to talk about something that is central and of the utmost importance to us having the kind of heart God seeks after. It is the word of God. Please hear me carefully. Please hear me. If you want to have the type of heart that God seeks after, that his eyes roam to and fro in the earth looking for, the word of God must take a central seat in your life. It has to be very important. You cannot cultivate the kind of heart that God is looking for without a commitment to the word of God. That's what we're going to talk about today. You know, I talk about David a lot on this show because, number one, he's a gifted creative. I call him the poster child in the Bible for creativity. He was an instrumentalist. He was a songwriter. The list goes on. The guy was just bad to the bone in terms of creativity. The second reason I talk about David a lot is because he had the heart that God was looking for. For example, God told King Saul, Israel's first king through the prophet Samuel, but now your kingdom shall not endure. The Lord has sought out for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has appointed him as a ruler over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. That's 1 Samuel 13, 14. And then later on in that same book in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, when the prophet Samuel is sent by God to anoint Israel's next king, he goes to the house of Jesse. This is David's father. And when Jesse's older sons are presented to him, Notice what God says to the prophet, and this is in 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. Do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. That's not what I'm looking for. For God sees not as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, 
but the Lord looks at the, listen, heart. You see, Samuel assumed that David's older brothers fit the bill to be the king because, hey, they had the look. But God made it very clear that his selection process is different. He looks for things that man don't. Men are fixated on the outside, but God looks at the heart and he found what he was looking for when David was presented after all of his brothers. Now, the next question we have to ask ourselves is, where did that heart come from? Was David just a nice guy in the neighborhood? Was he just a good boy? Or was there something that David did in his life that helped cultivate the heart that God saw that day when he was anointed to be Israel's next king? And if we read the scriptures carefully, there is something that stands out. It is the relationship that David had with God's word. For example, listen to some of the things that David says about God's word. Psalms 12, 6 to 7. The words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in a furnace on the earth, refined seven times, you, O Lord, will keep them. You will preserve him from this generation forever. How about Psalms 1830? As for God, his way is blameless. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a shield to all who take refuge in him. Here's one of my favorites. Psalms 19, verse 7 to 11. Listen to what David says in a very creative way about God's word. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. They are more desirable than gold, yes, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. So in that psalm, law of the Lord, testimony of the Lord the precepts of the Lord, the commandment, the judgments. These are all different ways of referring to the word of God. And notice how David recognizes what the word of God does to an individual. It restores the soul. It makes wise the simple. It rejoices the heart. It enlightens the eyes. This is what the word of God does. David recognizes this. How about Psalms 25, 4 to 5? Make me know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. What is God's truth? His word. Even while repenting for his sin with Bathsheba in Psalms 51, he alludes to God's word. Behold, you desire truth in the innermost being and in the hidden part You make me know wisdom. Now, of course, the big one is Psalms 119, which from start to finish is about the psalmist's love and respect for and reliance on God's word. Notice in the opening verses how observing God's testimony or his word is connected to seeking God with all of one's heart. Verse one says, how blessed are those whose way is blameless. How is their way blameless? 
who walk in the law of the Lord. Verse 2, how blessed are those who observe his testimonies, who seek him with all their heart. So observing his testimonies is connected to seeking God with all of your heart. Walking blameless before God is achieved by walking according to God's law or his word. And we could go on and on. There are many examples in the Psalms. So you see, David had the heart God sought after because of his relationship with the word of God. David's heart had a certain type of relationship with God's word. His inner man had a certain kind of relationship with the words that God speaks. And because of that, the kind of heart that God seeks after was cultivated. David treasured God's word and he hid it in his heart. He would meditate on it constantly. And as a result, the word did something to him on the inside that cannot be achieved by men alone. You see, God's word is alive. It is a seed that when planted and cultivated in our heart, it changes us. First Peter 1.23 says this, For you have been born again, not of a seed, which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and enduring word of God. So he likens the word of God to a seed through which we are born again. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of the Lord is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intents of the heart. Even when the apostle Peter preached that day at Pentecost when the spirit of God fell, it says that after he finished, those who heard him were pricked to the heart. What pricked them? It was the sword of the spirit. The Holy Spirit uses the word of God when it's preached to penetrate the heart of men, to convict them and to bring them to repentance so they can receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So you see, David, yes, was a man that had the heart that God was seeking after, but there was something else going on on the inside that cultivated that. And it wasn't himself. It wasn't human strength. It wasn't just because he was a good boy in the right situation. It was because he had a specific relationship with God's word. And he hid that word in his heart. And that word cultivated and changed his heart and made it the kind of heart that God seeks after. Now, remember that the scriptures are inspired by the Holy Spirit. Some may debate and say, well, David didn't write all these Psalms. Okay, let's say if that's your position, fine. But all of the scriptures, regardless of who the human author is, they are inspired by the Holy Spirit. So that means that the Holy Spirit is communicating something to you and I today, my fellow psalmist, my fellow creative, that if we want to have the type of heart that God is looking for, we cannot cultivate that in our own strength. We need something that is supernatural, and that is God's word. The Holy Spirit is screaming to us in the scriptures through this skilled creative that if you want to be a creative that has the heart that I'm looking for, you need to have the same kind of relationship that David had with my word. You've got to treasure it. You've got to love it. You've got to meditate on it night and day. Then you become like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season. We bring forth the fruit of the Holy Spirit that Paul talked about. Now we can represent Christ the way that God wants us to. The word of God is central to that. 
We can either represent ourselves through our creativity by only showing people how gifted we are, or we can represent God by letting the word of God dwell richly in our heart by constantly meditating on it, reading it, studying it, rehearsing it. And then the word of God does something in us that we can't do ourselves. It produces godliness. The Holy Spirit uses it to cut away the things that are not like God and to birth the things in us that are like God. And now through our creativity and hey, not just our creativity, our whole lives, Jesus Christ is being seen through the power of the Holy Spirit. Proverbs 4, 20 to 23 reminds us why putting God's word in our heart is so important. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Here's why. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their body. Then he says, watch over your heart with all diligence for from it flow the springs or the issues of life. You see, your life is the outflow of what is being planted and cultivated in your soil or your heart. This is why this verse is giving us a strong admonishing to give serious attention to the words that God speaks. He says, incline your ear to them. Don't let them depart from your sight. Keep the word of God before your eyes. Keep it in your heart. It'll be life to you and health to your body. And so watch over your heart. Watch what you allow to get in. Keep the bad stuff out. Guard it with everything you have because your life is the outflow of what is being planted and cultivated in your heart. This is why, why the enemy tries to snatch the word from our hearts as soon as it's planted. In Matthew 13, 19, Jesus explains, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one whom seed was sown beside the road. Now the word snatch here in the Greek is harpazo. And the sense here is robbery, to rob, to take away something by force and without the consent of the owner, whether it's something physical or something abstract. Now let's think about that for a minute. What is so important about the word of God that the enemy, as soon as it is planted, would try to take it away by theft, by force, without your consent. What does he understand about the word that we need to grasp as creators? He understands just how important it is. No wonder in the Garden of Eden, when he deceived Eve and Adam into doing what God told them not to do, what did he do? He questioned God's word. Did God say can you really trust what God says? God is holding back on you. You can't trust his word. God really knows that if you eat from that tree, you will become greater. He's holding you back. Notice the distrust he sowed in their hearts regarding what God had told them. Our enemy understands just how important the word of God is. So he fights and fights and fights to keep us creatives from sowing it and planting it in our hearts. He gets us to believe that it is sufficient for us to just be talented and gifted. He wants us to avoid getting serious about God's word because he knows that if we do that, 
and we plant God's word in our heart, that if we constantly meditate on it, study it, and we mix that in with our creativity, his kingdom is in real trouble. So as we close this show out today, I want to challenge all of my creative brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. Listen, being creative and skilled is great. Don't lose that. But this year, I want to challenge you to have a greater commitment to God's word. Don't be that musician or that singer that just goes to church. You play, you collect your check, but you have no commitment to the word that is being preached from that pulpit. You need that word just as much as everybody else. And if you commit to it, I'm telling you, it will transform your effectiveness in ministry. Because listen, you can't be effective in ministry without the word of God dwelling in your heart. The enemy knows this, and that's why he fights so hard to keep us from it. So commit to the word of God. Start by reading a Bible plan. Commit to your Bible study this year. Read a few chapters every day. But make it a point to constantly meditate, rehearse, study, and read God's word. It will make the difference in your life and in your ministry. Amen. Well, that's all we have today. Good way to start the year out with being committed to God's word. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Until then, keep hiding God's word in your heart, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. God bless.